0: Hey, this is Bruce. I'm the pastor of the Word Church Kimberley. I'm so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I trust that Jesus will speak to your heart, that you'll be strengthened with faith, and that you'll experience the breakthrough that you're looking for. Enjoy the message. If a person were to ask me what's what's the best way for you to describe the prophetic in one sentence? And what I've written down is this, is the best way for me to describe the New Testament prophecy is to call it the love language of God. I really believe that prophecy is the love language of God, and I believe we must communicate it as such. So we must communicate it as a loving God, a loving Father, speaking out to His people. So what happens when we speak from the heart of God, the way that prophecy flows is actually it flows from the heart of the Father And from Jesus, through me, who is a yielded vessel, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to you. So that's the flow of the prophetic. It comes from the heart of the Father and Jesus. It flows through the heart of a yielded vessel. And then it flows to you under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. If it doesn't come in that way, it's not going to produce the life that it's supposed to produce. So when we understand where it flows from, then we know the source, is actually the heart of the Father and of Jesus. That's the source of of, of any prophetic utterance. Um, In the Old Testament, if you look at the Old Testament, almost always the sign for the fullness of the Spirit coming upon a person would be that that person would start to prophesy. Meaning, speaking forth the Word of God, the adoration of God, the wonderful works of God. That's what happened when people like Saul... Um, even the people that Bruce preached about, eldad, medad, when they received this, immediately when the Spirit drops on them, they would start to prophesy. Now, if we, see, if we look at the New Testament, uh, the exact same thing happened. When the Holy Spirit was poured out, and you guys go and read that for yourselves. One scripture that I can think of that you can look at it is Acts 19, verse 6. Uh, but when the Holy Spirit was poured out, and people got baptized in the Holy Spirit, you will always, almost, see, almost always see that they would start speaking in other tongues and prophesy. Speaking in other tongues and prophesy. So that is why Paul, in, in, in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1, says, desire the best spiritual gifts, but especially that you might prophesy. Is he saying that prophecy is more important than the other gifts? No, he's not saying that. The reason why he's saying that is... Prophecy is one of the defining characteristics of a child of God, of a son and daughter of God. Prophecy is the tribal language of the people of God. So that's the way that we communicate as the people of God. We speak forth the word of God. So when we talk about gifts and eagerly desiring the best or the the gifts, what is a gift? A gift is a gift. It's something that needs to be given away. So if God gives me a gift, then the gift is not for me. If he gives it to me and I, and I can keep it, then it's not a gift anymore. So if he gives a gift to me, then he only gives it to me to carry it. So if I have a gift, the gift is for you. Okay. So that takes the importance of people out of it. That takes the importance of anybody thinks is important totally out of it because the gift is not for you. It is for the receiver. So you are just a postman delivering the gift. And once you see it like that, it becomes easy and the pressure is also off of you. Because if you have to produce the gift on your own, I promise you, you're going to work hard (laughs) and you're going to see no results. And uh, so what is the best gift? What is the best gift? If the word tells us to anxiously desire the best gifts, earnestly desire the best gift. what is the best gift? The best gift is always the gift that is needed in the circumstance. That is the best gift. So when Paul addresses the church in 1 Corinthians 14, he's actually not just speaking to them on gifts, he's speaking to them specifically on the functioning of the gifts in their meetings. And that's why he's trying to address good order because this church was exploding in the gifts, and people were prophesying and speaking in tongues, and this one was doing that, and there was no real order. So Paul had to come and explain to them how the gifts have to work in a public and a setting of worship and where people come together. So you as a believer have to know that you've got access to all of the gifts. All of the gifts can flow through you, every gift. You have got access to everything because you are going to be required to be put in situations where people need something and then you don't have to be think, okay, I have to phone this person. I have to do this or I have to do that. You're going to have to trust the Holy Spirit that the Spirit, the same Spirit that it was upon Jesus is now the Spirit that lives upon you and you are going to have to release whatever is needed in the circumstance. If it's healing, it's healing. If it's encouragement, it's encouragement. If it's prophecy, it's prophecy. Whatever is needed in the circumstance, that's the gift that you must have faith for that the Holy Spirit will, will flow through you. Does that make sense? Hebrews 1, verse 1 to 3. NIV, do not do. You can put that one for, up for us. Hebrews 1, verse 1 to 3. NIV. Sorry, guys. I have so much to say, and uh, I hope I get through everything. But I want to position you in the spirit today for something. It's not like I want to give you a good message. I want to position you to access something. Uh, And you'll see what it is. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. Next verse. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He also appointed heir of all things and through whom also He made the universe. It's a beautiful scripture. So, In the past God spoke to the prophets, now He's speaking through His Son. So how does New Testament prophecy work? What is He saying there? What He's saying to you is that if I want to say something to you, I want to say to you what Jesus is saying to you. That's the bottom line. So I have to speak what Jesus is speaking to you. Meaning, prophecy in the New Testament has to be filtered through the person of the Holy Spirit and Jesus, and then it has to reach you. So, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, it says, The guy that prophesies must do so to exhort, edify, and to comfort people. Okay? We all know that. And then, also, prophecy must always, when you speak it over people, it must always be in line with the redemptive plan of God, the redemptive plan of God, and also the ministry of reconciliation that Jesus entrusted to us. Okay? Practically, because the Holy Spirit said to me, I must show it to you practically. How that practically would work is, let's say um, there's a married couple sitting there. So I cannot point to the crowd now. And, and the Holy Spirit shows me that their marriage is in trouble. And the reason for their marriage being in trouble is because one of them is unfaithful. Okay, so I can be flashy and point the person out and say, listen, uh, you're cheating on your wife. That's why your marriage is in trouble. Sort out your business. Would that, in a public setting, be uh, true to redemption, encouragement, edifying, exhortation? No, not at all. So how will that come in, out, as a prophetic word? Now, I'm just mimicking now, so probably it will be that, because the reason why the Lord would show me that is because He actually wants to save the marriage, because of redemption. He wants to reconcile the people to each other and to himself. So, how it's possibly going to come out to something like this is, the Lord showed me that you guys belong together. He put you guys together as a couple. And there's been certain things pulling at your marriage, but God is intentional about restoring the unity in your marriage. And God is saying to you that uh, He's going to help you to restore and to repair, to come back into unity, and He's going to Take care of any outside interference, does that sound a bit better? Does that sound like okay, redemption? We must always know that God reveals stuff to us to act redemptively in situations, meaning if you have that backdrop of God redeeming, God restoring, God reconciling, it will always give you a good heart to know from how to to, to, to position yourself when you um, give words to people. Um, you know, I think the church has done a great job of modeling the prophetic um, in terms of for our public meetings and for our gatherings and and for the ministries that we run through the church. Uh, we've done a good job at that. I think people have seen people prophesying over people. Um, people know how to give words to people. People have seen how to do certain things in the prophetic, and they activate activated in that. <laughs> But the Lord showed me that in this season, there's actually a a deeper um, thing that He wants to activate in the church, uh, in in the prophetic. He wants to activate us to be a true prophetic people and a true prophetic church that have the ability to access the genuine and full creative flow of the prophetic and be able to apply that in all situations and places that you are. That makes it a bit different because now what I want to do today is to position you to get connected to the source of creativity, which is God. Because God showed me in the season He is intentional about revealing Himself as Creator again, as Creator God. He wants us to tap into His Creator flow He wants to take the creative flow that is put in you, and he wants to ignite it, he wants to activate it, but then he also wants you to tap into his creative flow. So, if I have to make an example of that for my work. A year ago, I was put in a situation where um, there was a major restructuring happening in our company, and they, um, you know, they had, different functions coming to different people and there was something that knew that they wanted to do in the company but it's never been done in another company like ours before and nobody in our company has also done something like that and but they knew they wanted to do it and then they said to me but um will you do it for us and yes the five people that you have to do it with and it's like in i can ask nobody (laughs) There's nobody that I can phone to, 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 to set up a design for something that I have never, uh, it's not part of my experience, it's not part of how I, what I do. I've not been trained or equipped or tooled in any way for that. So what did I need there? I needed wisdom from God. That's now Bruce already taught you guys on words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and prophecy. So I needed a word of wisdom from God. I needed wisdom from God on how to put in place, a structure that I didn't know how it must look. So I took the names of the people, and I went and I sat I uh, sat down and I said, "Lord, I'm going to think with you on what is needed and how it can be done, and then you must help me." And then I started writing out a model. And um, we implemented that thing, and it's still running successfully, without any problems. And I had, the people afterwards come to me and said to me, but how did you do this? Because we nobody knew how this thing was going to look. We thought it was going to take about a year or two to get it going. But it got going and it's running smoothly. And it's God's wisdom. That's the way that God wants to come into your life and actually act prophetically where you are. That means he wants to invade your farming What you do on your farm, what you do in your business, if you're a medical person, he wants you to activate the prophetic and activate it there so that the creative flow can come loose and you can start implementing stuff and doing stuff in your environment that has never been seen before. I remember uh, another time, I'm just going to give a few examples so that you guys can link it maybe to, to, uh, to, to, to your lives. I was sitting in a situation where there was a staff member that that continually underperformed. Uh, The person was one of the people that I um, managed remotely, so I didn't know the person very well. The person is sitting in a totally uh, another town, and I'm sitting, and the performance is, you know, everything is not running well. And I'm saying to the Lord, Lord, how do I sort this thing out? Um, because there's a lot of business plans and strategies that you can implement, and but I was sitting saying, Lord, I need something from you. So now God gives me a word of knowledge, and he says to me um, that this person has got personal problems at home. Okay, now what do I do with that? Um, like I say, it's redemptive. Now I have something to pray over for the person, but I also still need a practical solution for the problem. So I say, God, is there anything except prayer that I can do? And I hear the Holy Spirit in my heart prompt me to say, apply for her to work from home. And, okay, did the application without telling anybody. They approved it. Even the same day, next day I found her, we sent the resources and everything. Person started working from home. Whole problem sorted. Now she's one of the top performers. (laughs) 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 That is how I, I word of knowledge, and a word of wisdom works practically in your sphere of influence. So I can go there to the work and think that I must be alert to give words to people or this or that. But there's a deeper place where God wants us to tap into the season um, so that we can um, start building with Him. So today I want to challenge you. That's my challenge to people today is is I want to challenge you to look differently at the prophetic. And I want to deliberately start challenging you to start to deliberately live a prophetic life. Uh, Start living a prophetic lifestyle. Because the prophetic is not just something that we do when we are at church or in a spiritual atmosphere. The prophetic is actually the way you think the way you see, the way you communicate, and it's also the way you act. So that's why I said to you before we started, ask the Holy Spirit today to open your spiritual eyes and activate your spiritual senses. And that's what I'm praying for God today as I'm busy preaching, that that is busy happening, that the Holy Spirit is actually busy doing that for you. So don't just sit here and listen to me. Um, Tap into this flow and, and, and let it let it do something for you, because I believe God is pulling us into a new level of creativity that is required for the building of the things that need to be done in this season. And we're going to get to that as we go, go on now. Um, I call it, ask the Lord for eyes of eternity. And I want to tell you this morning, you come from a long way. You may think you're here for a few years on this earth, but you come from a long way. Uh, God's been planning you And seeing you from eternity past. He has been knowing you from before the foundation of the world. So you come a long way. So ask the Lord for eyes of eternity. To start seeing things the way He sees it. Once you do that, you get the ability to start seeing God in everything and in anything. Because God can reveal Himself and hide Himself in everything and in in anything he doesn't he gives us hidden treasures in secret places meaning he doesn't hide himself from us but for us so sometimes when i prophesy over people or god will give me a word of prophecy it's me calling out a treasure inside of you that's hidden okay that's prophecy Prophecy is not word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. You cannot discern the accuracy of prophecy by coming and telling me, Oker, that was good, that was accurate. No, that's word of knowledge. That's word of wisdom. The wisdom that I gave you, the information that I gave you was knowledge to you. But the hidden treasures and the stuff that needs to be built and seen that you don't see yet is not full knowledge of yourself. So you cannot, you cannot judge prophecy um, by saying it was accurate. <laughs> You have to journey out the prophetic word with God to see it come to completion and to see it come to fruition. So prophecy is a bit different. Uh, There's a lot of people that will uh, say this guy is a prophet. No, he's a guy that's sharp in a word of knowledge. The prophet is the guy that calls things that are not as though they are and they get built and established as by God's command. That's a different, it's a different, it's, it's something a bit different. So, when you look at the gifts, the gifts are categorized. You've got prophetic gifts, you've got power gifts, and you've got gifts of administration. And the prophetic gifts are in, in a category. What are those gifts? Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and prophecy. Those are the prophetic gifts. So, once you know that, that they are in a category, it's easier for you to know why they normally operate and flow together. So... Uh, just an example of how God, um, and, and in the example, there's going to be a lesson for you guys as well. Normally when I go to the farm, not always, but sometimes I will go up to a specific place on a specific mountain and sit there and just see God's face and write things that He, that he shows me. So I remember this day I was... Uh, I had my book with me and my pen with me, and I was actually running up. Now, the mountains there with us is, it's not, um, it's like all of these loose rocks. So, running up and down this mountain is actually quite difficult because the rocks are loose. And me, that's in the office the whole day, my ankles are not very strong. So, I'm struggling and stumbling if I go too fast. But this morning I wanted to get there quickly because I was checking the sun and I love it when the sun is at a specific place and I go there and I sit and I know I've got certain time. And I, and I run up and I, I get past one of uh, what we call it in Afrikaans is a wach a Do you guys know that? I see they call it in English a, 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 a rhinoceros tree because the, uh, the thorn looks like a Rhinoc- rhinoceros' horn. Now, what's the reason why they call it a wach a biki boss for the English people, a white a bit tree, <laughs> is because that thorn is so sharp and it's got a hook. So if you run past it and it hooks you either in the clothes or the flesh, it stops you. And if you pull beyond that, your clothes or your skin is going to be torn. So you stop and then you go softly back, and you go and unhook yourself, and then you proceed further. And I remember when I, I ran past this tree, and, and when it hooked me, it actually hooked into my flesh, and I had to go back, and immediately God took me into a vision. And it was like, he said to me, wait a bit, wait And I saw him picking me up into his arms, and... Um, as he picked me up, he said to me in my heart, "Oker, tell my people in the season this is where I want them to be, in my arms." And he picks me up, and when I'm here, my head is against his chest, so now I can hear his heartbeat. And he says, "Tell my people that in the season this is where I want them, in my arms, with their head against my chest, so that they can hear my heartbeat." Because my heartbeat is the place from where all my creativity flows from. God's heart is his very creative part. Also his love, remember his his creativity and love flows together. But his heart is his place of love. And he said to me, and when he picked me up, it was like I sensed I was in his arms now. And suddenly he became large and it was like we're larger than the mountain now, and I'm looking down, and I see I was part of a bunch of people running up this mountain, and people were rushing, and everybody was running ahead of me, and for me it felt like, but God, they're running ahead of me. Look, I have to wait here now. You're calling me to wait here now, but now everybody's running ahead of me, and it feels to me like, okay, um, I'm now left alone here at the back, And then God said to me, if you do this, if you teach my people to be able to do this, then you will teach them to take steps in eternity. So what God did then is he took one step. (laughs) And when he took one step, we went over two to three mountains. And that is where his next step was. And I looked back, and I couldn't even see other people or anything anymore. And when I saw the people uh, in the distance... I saw that they were still rushing. And because they were rushing, they were falling and they were getting hooked by the thorns and everything. And it's because we, we lose that ability to get into that position that God wants us to be in the season of in His arms with your head against His chest. Because I promise you the solutions that I testified about now that He gave me solve the problem instantly. Sometimes we think we need complicated stuff from God, but He gives us small practical things to do uh, in farming, in everything, I mean that 's why they call farmers in Afrikaans they say a burmark plant. I think they 're the most creative people. We just need to get back to the place where we again access that creativity and respond to it um, uh, appropriately. so in the season, i see I see God taking his church to a place where um, He really wants us to tap into the creative flow because He wants His church to be the inventors, the problem solvers, and the people that come with the solutions in this time and in this season. And He wants us to build with Him. We are in a building and a reformation period. God is busy reforming His church reforming it back to its original design, and is also intentional for his church to build certain things in this time. I cannot go into that today because my purpose today is to connect you to something, Um, but what I can tell you, it is vitally important that we get this position and that we start building with God in this season because there are things that is coming up that we need to be prepared for and that we, as a church, need to be prepared for not for worst sake, but for the best sake, because if we are going to be correctly positioned, the harvest is going to come to us, and we are going to be prepared to play a significant role in the times and in the seasons that we're going into. One thing that I can say is that God has constantly been challenging me and saying to me, you guys must get to me for wisdom on how to build away from the world system. You guys must constructively begin to trust me on how to build yourself out of the world system and into the kingdom system that I will reveal to you. So we are in a, 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 a Joseph, Daniel, Esther, Naemia type of moment. I call all of those th- people because they signify what God wants to do in the season. And every one of you will be called to a specific neck or place in that structure that God wants to build. So he's intentional about getting his prophetic and apostolic reformers into position. So why? So that they can position individuals and in a church. We need to be positioned in this time for what we need to do as individuals and as a church so that we can have the maximum impact that um, that we need to have. And that's not a it's not a negative thing. It's actually quite great because God is actually intentional in the season to put you at the place that He wants you to be in and where you can be most effective for His kingdom. And what God told me is that, Ukert, you guys are saying, as it is in heaven, so let it be on earth. So, heaven wants to come to earth. So, what does heaven need? He said, I need a platform to land. (laughs) That's what the Holy Spirit said to me. I need a platform to land. And for me to have a platform to land, I need a true, healthy, prophetic church to create a platform for me to land. He cannot come and land on anything. God is not going to set himself into something that's not exactly him. He wants to land. Heaven wants to land here. So, What the Holy Spirit challenged me with further then is he said to me, Oker, you guys always open your services and say, Lord, we welcome you in this place. And he said to me, I want to change that around. I welcome you in my place. You you want want to bring heaven to earth, but you don't want to come and visit me in heaven. So there's a fresh invitation from heaven in this time to say, but come and visit me. (laughs) Come to my house. Come sit on my lap. Come and put your chest, your head on my chest, and let me show you how to bring heaven to earth. But you cannot, from the earth realm, think with earthly wisdom that you're going to bring what God wants to bring in the season. Not going to work. So, what God also said to me is that the gift is not going to be, and the gifts are not going to be sufficient to build this platform. This platform can only be built. By the bride of Christ. The passionate, intimate lovers and seekers of God that are willing to spend time with Him in the secret place, in intimacy, privately and corporately. That is the people that will have the ability to build this platform for God. In Exodus 36:1, we see that God anointed uh, two guys, Bezalel and Aholeab, and all of the other artisans. He, God anointed them actually with, 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 with abilities and with, um, with skills um, to do certain things. Let me read it to you here. Yeah. So Bezalel, Aholeab, and every skilled person to whom the Lord has given skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work of constructing the sanctuary or or to do the work just as the Lord commanded. So it was very important for Moses. God gave Moses a picture of how this um, Ark of the Covenant and the Temple of Meeting and everything had to look. So what God then did on the next level is he then anointed certain people, with the abilities and the skills to be able to build exactly what God told Moses must be built, according to the heavenly pattern. So what the Holy Spirit said to me is that while we are praying today, and I'm going to pray for people afterwards as well, He is in the season busy anointing people with abilities and skills to build according to His kingdom pattern. So how this is going to work, practically for some of you, is... You may think, but I don't have the skill. I don't have that skill. God is going to give you skills and abilities supernaturally. Certain things He's going to tell you to do or to learn, but certain of the things He's going to give to you supernaturally in a relationship through a download, through a dream, through a vision, through whatever. I've heard testimonies of people getting into a a meeting um, I think Uncle Steve testified that to me, that they were in a meeting uh, when he was young, and um, there was not a band. Nobody could play music, and they wanted to worship. So the guy went, and he took one of the men there, he anointed him, and the guy started playing the musical instrument. (laughs) The guy never (laughs) was taught music. He couldn't play. God anointed him with ability. So the Holy Spirit in this, Season is intentional with giving you abilities to build according to his um, pattern. Do not to put up for us Romans four verse seventeen. What I want you guys to know is that God is the source of all creativity because he is the creator. so when we speak about connecting you to the creative part of God, I am not in any way deifying you to a deified creator that can create whatever you want. I'm connecting you to the source of creativity so that you can partner with Him and see the things that He wants built to be built. So in Romans 4 verse 17, here we see actually how God creates things. Uh, Look at the second part of the verse there. He is our Father in the sight of God in whom we believe. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. So that is the way that God created the creation that we are seeing today. God is the source, and He is the one that spoke it. It wasn't there yet. He saw it in His heart. He spoke it. And then it came into being. Do not go to Genesis 1 verse 1 in the ESV version. As I'm preaching, I'm throwing out certain things which you guys must pick up for yourself. Um, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. That void and darkness over the face of the deep, uh, when you translate it out of the Hebrew language, it can also translate back to the word chaos. (laughs) So the Holy Spirit was hovering over chaos. And the Spirit was hovering over the face of the waters. So what God showed me here is that He wants to anoint His church in the season to bring order in chaos. God is not intimidated by chaotic events. In fact, chaotic events is actually the place where God starts creating new things. Because in chaos, um, all the things that are not from Him are challenged and are broken to the point that God can actually come and say, let's rebuild according to what I want it done. So, chaos is not a problem for God, and He wants to anoint you in this season with an anointing to bring order in chaos. Okay. Verse 26. We skip to verse 26. The reason why I'm reading these verses is I'm Trusting the Holy Spirit that there will be a supernatural connection made between you and God as creator today. Then God said, let let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. What I want you to realize is that everything about you was created and designed to be prophetic. Everything. Your physical body, as well as your spirit man in Christ, was made in the very image of God. So when you look at creation, God is the visionary. God is the carrier of of the vision is the one that in his heart sees the whole of creation and everything that he wants to do in his heart. And what happens then? He speaks. What happens when he speaks? Who's, who's, who's the word? Jesus. By him, by God, through him, the word. So he speaks the word Jesus. And what happens then? The Holy Spirit is hovering, he's waiting. <laughs> It's waiting for the Word. And then the Holy Spirit builds it. So that's how God creates. It comes from the heart of the Father. It flows through the Word, Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit goes and the Holy Spirit builds. Amen, Amen, Uncle Scott. That's actually profound. (laughs) Romans 11, verse 36. NIV, dunatum. Romans eleven thirty six NIV. I think the N is now a bit lower. <laughs> for from him, put in brackets there, the Father, and through him, put in brackets there, Jesus, and for him, the for him part is the Holy Spirit, are all things. To him be glory forever in all things. Colossians 1 verse 16 do not you don't have to put this one up I'm just going to read it for in him all things were created things in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities all things have been created through him and for him. okay picture yourself in this creative space with Jesus knowing that When God created everything, there was a partnership between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly the same partnership that God wants you as the bride of Christ to enter with Him in this time. He wants you to be in unity with Him so that He can build with you. Now I'm going to read you a scripture. And in this scripture, I want you to picture yourself as being Jesus or yourself at the right hand of the Father, co-creating. Do not forget Proverbs 8:22, verse yeah, Proverbs 8 from verse 22 to 36 for us already. There in the NIV, imagine yourself to be reading the Scripture, but imagine yourself in the position of you are now next to the Father. Let's go and see. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works, before his deeds of old. I was appointed from eternity. Stop there. Say, I was appointed from eternity. Speaking of Jesus here, but you are in Jesus now. And the word says, when Jesus is speaking, or the Lord is speaking to uh, Jeremiah, I knew you before the foundation of the world, before you were in your mother's womb. So that's why I'm telling you, you, co- you are coming a long way. <laughs> You're coming from a far, far place. You're coming from eternity. And you will go back there. So you just have to rediscover yourself again. Okay. I was appointed from eternity. From the beginning, before the world began, when there were no oceans, I was given birth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth, before he made the earth or its fields or any of the dust of the world. I was there when he set the heavens in place when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundary so the waters would not overstep its command, his command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Look now here, it becomes personal. Then I was the craftsman by his side. What did God do for those people that needed to build the temple? He filled them with skill and with craftsmanship and with all kinds of wisdom. Say, Father, I want to be a craftsman by your side in the season. Father, I want to be a craftsman by your side in the season. Here we see how personally it gets to Jesus, but I also want you to see that this part here is your keys for creativity, for accessing the creative flow in God. Then I was the craftsman at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence. Okay, can you see your positioning there? Delight yourself in God. Rejoicing always in His presence. Rejoicing in His whole world and delighting in mankind. You see how Jesus loved us from the beginning. The Father loved us from the beginning. For you to be creative, you need to love people. (laughs) You need to love God's people. So ask God to fill you with a complete and a deep love for people. And I promise you, God is always going to ask you to love people that's difficult to love. It's not going to make it easy for you It's not going to say to you, buy flowers to your mom because that's too easy. For you to tap into this, God is going to require you possibly to have to humble yourself and love people that will be difficult for you to love. Verse 32, now then, my sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways, keys to creativity. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not ignore. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my doors waiting at my door, watching daily, waiting for the Lord. For whoever finds me finds life, and who receives favor from the Lord. But whoever fails to find me harms himself. All who hate me love death. Do we see a lot of harm in the world today? Do we see a lot of harm being done to creation and to everything? So how many people do you think are living in this place Not a lot, but only a few is required. In the first creation, which we are still living in now, God created the earth first, and then out of the earth, He made us. Am I correct in saying that? Now, you and me are waiting for a new heaven and a new earth. Is that correct? Now, what I want you to see is that what are you now after you have received Christ and after you have been baptized with His Spirit? What are you now? You are now born from above, and you are called a new creation. Okay. So, we are the first fruits of the new creation. So, what I believe in my heart, and this is me that believe that, I believe that as Jesus with the Father did, uh, did the first creation, I believe one of the biggest manifestations of the heart of the Father that we are going to see is the bride and Christ and the bridegroom coming together as one, giving birth to a new heaven and a new earth. I believe he wants to do it with us. I believe he... he That's why he says in Revelation, Behold, see a new heaven and a new earth. So this is just me again, but I believe the end of the book was not written for a specific time. I believe the end of the book was written for specific people. (laughs) I believe it was written for the end time bride that has eyes to see and ears to hear. So while the people of the world and a lot of people are looking for a specific time, the Holy Spirit is looking for a bride. He is looking for a bride because He is looking for the, for the one that can be one with Him that sees what He sees, hears what He hears, does what He does so that, that He can give birth to the manifestation of the new things that we are all contending for. Does that make sense? Do you suddenly feel a bit more weightiness about what the prophetic actually is. There's much, much more. There's much, much more to the prophetic than we think. It's not just, like I say, it's not just giving good words to people. And that's why my prayer in this season for God is not to just stand here and give people good words. My primary prayer for God is to give me an anointing and an ability to extract what is inside of you, And to activate that so that it can be done. Because God is intentional about giving birth to the things that he has put inside of you. That is the prophetic picture that he wants to build. That is the true prophetic picture and the power of the prophetic. When we start living out our full prophetic identity in God. Actively, passionately, and with with, with intent. with with the intention of doing it correctly. Now, I still just have to go through two things because I need to position you for this. If we build with God, we have to do so in purity and obedience. So, what is required for us to be connected to God's creative part and to build with Him? A sanctified imagination. A sanctified imagination is what is required. Because remember, I... I showed you now how God creates. He sees, and He speaks, and the Holy Spirit builds. What is that seeing part for us? Where does that happen? It happens in a place that we call our imagination, our mind, our thoughts. You can write this down. The sanctified imagination is the womb that gives birth to the heart of God. The sanctified imagination is the womb that gives birth to the heart of God, so that is why it's so important for God in the season to sanctify and purify your imagination. Do you know that some people will say to me, "But look, listen, now you're getting away a better way from me. I'm not one of these arty picture and uh, people that uh, you know imagine things and everything." No, you're lying. Do you know that you think in pictures, that you think in images? If I have to ask you now for a way, where is your home? Think quickly. You think in pictures. If I have to ask you, how does your dog look? You think in pictures. So don't tell me you're not creative. Don't tell me you don't have an imagination. Because if you do so, you're telling me that you're brain dead and (laughs) you cannot think. So then we have to pray for you. Honestly, (laughs) I'm going to give you the the meaning of the word imagination. uh, But the word imagination actually comes from the word image, which also can mean picture. But uh, here's the meaning of the word. The action of forming new ideas or images or concepts of external objects not present to the senses. I'm going to read it again. The action of forming new ideas or images or concepts of external objects not present to the senses. Meaning that you form an idea like what I told you now about something that's not really here. How does your wife look? How does your dog look? You have got a picture in your mind. So that is the place that God wants to activate because he wants you to start activating a place So if God comes with his anointing into that place, what happens now? Now that place becomes creative. This is the secondary meaning of this word, is the ability of the mind to be creative and resourceful. So the moment God adds his anointing to that, and it's a sanctified imagination, now you can start seeing things that God is seeing. You can start seeing a sick person healed. You can start seeing a person that doesn't have a limb with a limb. You can start seeing a person that doesn't have a hand with a hand, and once you start seeing that, in your imagination, God is going to start building it, that's how we're going to start seeing what the Holy Spirit said to me, in the season, that's how we're going to tap into the creative miracles, he wants us to see it, to really see it, but this is also the place where where God's going to come in, and this is the place where the telephone was invented, do you think Alexander Graham Bell had a, uh, somebody came and gave him a telephone, Now he saw something that didn't exist, and then he started creating that thing. The people that developed the first aeroplane, it wasn't something that already existed. They had to see the pictures before. So God wants you to tap into this place and know that you already think in pictures. You already see images. All I want you to do is to come and dedicate and sanctify that imagination of yours to me so that you can start seeing what I see what I see in people, what I see in circumstances, what I see in situations, so that I can let you tap into my creativity. And that is how the waymaker is going to create a way where there seems to be no way. Because he's taking the world into a place where there is no ways forward, except his way. So whatever we think is bad is not actually that bad. Let me give you a few text verses just to show you how important the imagination is to God. And, and why it is bad if the imagination is evil or vain. Genesis 6 verse 5, King James Version, do. This text comes out of the time when God made the decision to end uh, the, the earth because of the wickedness of man uh, with a flood. Look at one of the things that is mentioned there. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually. So, what God did? He, said he had to restart everything. Because remember, God, what I said in the beginning about the prophetic, it's redemptive, it's reconciling. So, God has the redemptive plan. So, if man's imagination and God's, imagine, uh, in God's heart is not connected to each other, then man starts building his own thing. So the, the, the sanctified imagination will always take you closer to God. A song, a worship song that is written by a worshiper listening to the heart of God, what does that song do? It takes you closer to God. A song written by Metallica, (laughs) sorry Metallica, I don't have anything against you, but um, a song written by, what does that song do? Does that song take you closer or further away from God? It takes you away from God. Meaning, there's things that we can create and see and do that's going to take us closer to God, and there's things that takes us further away from God. That is why God also brought confusion at the Tower of Babel. He was not intimidated by man building something. He was seeing that they were building in the wrong way. The imagination was evil and wicked and vain, so God had to bring confusion so that they do not continue to build further away from Him, and He has to destroy everything again. He's got a redemptive plan with man, and that's why He needs to stop certain things at a certain point, so that He doesn't get too far away, so that redemption becomes a problem. So it was always with a heart of love that God will do something. But he's challenging you and me in the season. And when I started studying this and looking into this, the one thing that the Lord showed me in my heart and said, Uker, do you know how very little of the things that you see today actually flows from my heart? And then I said, why are you saying that, Lord? He said, why do you think I'm promising you a new heaven and a new earth? He has to redo it. It has to be redone, (laughs) but we are still here. And we know there's still a millennial reign, and we know that before God comes, He's promised a certain generation to step into the powers of the age to come and to have prophetic precursors of the time that is going to come. And that's why I believe it's significant for the church in this season to start building these things because He needs a bride to connect to. He needs a platform to land on. He needs a place that He can come to that He can say, Home, new earth, new heaven, everything connects Romans 1 verse 21, the Holy Spirit will work a unity when people's hearts are aligned with God. The reason why we still see so many disunity is not because we need as a church to learn to love each other. It's because we're still not all seeing what God is seeing, and we're not all building exactly what He wants. The moment we see that, and the moment we start working together with that, He's going to bring the unity Himself. The Holy Spirit will work the unity where people see what God sees. This is now also uh, Paul speaking about people that are wicked and unholy. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts was darkened. You see what the, what a vain imagination does? It darkens your heart. It darkens your heart. And when your heart is darkened, you, can, you cannot build in the light anymore. You cannot see solutions anymore. You don't know which way to go because what? Your heart has been darkened. In the Amplified Bible, this same verse, it calls that, that and it says that, they became worthless in their thinking, godless, with pointless reasonings and silly speculations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So if I come to you today and I say, listen, church, God wants to sanctify your imagination, then we just have to look at another beautiful word, which is the word sanctification. Sanctification is the action of setting something or someone apart as holy, purifying it, and dedicating it to God's service. So that is what sanctification is. God's greatest intent with man in the universe and people in general is to set them apart for him. That's why we have to be, the way that we get set apart is we get into Christ. That's how he sets us apart. So if sanctification is the action of setting someone or something apart as holy, purifying and dedicating it to God's service, If that is what sanctification is, then that is what the Holy Spirit wants to do with your mind, your thoughts, and your imagination. He wants to set it apart. Set means it needs to be set. So you can come to me and say, but how do I do that? How do I sanctify my imagination? Easy, by focusing your attention on God. What you behold is what you become. What you behold is what you become. Do not to put up for us 2 Corinthians three verse 18, New King James Version. 2 Corinthians 3:18, New King James Version. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Look at that part there, the first part of the verse, beholding the glory of the Lord. What happens when you behold the glory of the Lord? Then you are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. So, what you behold is what you become. So, God wants to focus your attention on Him. Do not put up for us Psalms 24, verse 9 in the NIV. Lift up your heads, your gates, lift them up, your ancient doors that the king of glory may come in. I remember years ago when I uh, read these verses about ancient doors and ancient gates, I saw castles and stuff like that. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, look what I'm saying to you. I'm saying to you, lift up your head. Why is he saying lift up? Because for us, up in the spirit is to look into the spirit. Look into the spiritual realm. There's three realms that we know of that we function in. One is the earth realm, which is the first heaven. Second heaven is where the demonic entities are. And the third heaven is where God and his angels are. And we are seated in the third heaven with him. So the biggest fight of the enemy in your life is to get you to f- focus your head here down on earth and try and solve your problems first heaven problems with first heaven solutions, while you have to be seated. So he's saying, lift up, and he's saying, lift up your head, okert, and your gates. What gates do I have in my head? An eye gate, an ear gate, and a mouth gate. So he's asking you to look up to him, and open up those places, because these ancient things and hidden secrets that he, wants to make reveal, that he wants to reveal to you. So that the king of glory may come in. How do you know what's coming in? There's one gate that gives away what's going in. It's the mouth gate. <laughs> so what God is asking of us is to look with right eyes. To listen so that what comes out of here creates the correct landing place for him here on the earth. So he wants to sanctify your imagination. Donato, you don't have to put this up. I'm going to read it because I see I'm losing some people here. (laughs) Romans 12 verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Philippians 4, verse 8 to 9, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if any virtue, if any be their praise. think on these things. So he's giving you the solution and he's giving you the place where he says that, the sanctified imagination, what did we say here? The sanctified imagination is the womb that gives birth to the heart of God. So he's looking for people that are willing to connect with him in intimacy, that are willing to set their minds and their thoughts apart and focus on him, put their attention on him, put their adoration on him, read his word. Because you remember, God, the Holy Spirit can only use what's in, on the inside of you. If I've got this word here, which is a lot of words, but these words mean nothing on its own here. But once I put these words inside of me, then these words are inside of me. So what happens now? Because I have the Holy Spirit now, and I can create, co-create with God, now the Holy Spirit is in here, and suddenly when He comes upon a word, it becomes a living word. So I put the word in, the Holy Spirit comes upon the word and it becomes loving word. So what I put in, whether it's worship, whether it's good pictures, whether it's whatever, whether I look at good nature things and whether I look at zombie pictures, whatever, you must you must know what you're looking at because the Holy Spirit is going to work with your imagination. So there's there's general ways that he communicates with us, but there's also very specific ways that he communicates with us. So it's very important that you know and find out how he communicates with us. The general ways are easy. It's by his word, it's by uh, preaching, it's by teaching. But then for certain people, he gives dreams, visions, visitations. There's certain things that because you have history with God that he will speak through you through certain colors, through certain numbers. I've got a number that God uses to speak through me. It's the number 1 and 9. Because my whole testimony is built on Joshua 1 verse 1 to 9 and verse 9 specifically. So the numbers 1 and 9 is significant. God talks to me. So it's about decoding sometimes how God speaks with you. There's certain things that I can say, like I said, it's in, it's, but he also makes it personal. The reason why he makes it personal is because there's a part of you that's special to him. And there's a part of you that live out a unique prophetic picture. We all live out a general prophetic picture of God and his church on the earth. But there's a part of your journey and a part of what you are living out that is very specific and is very personal. And it's good for you that you do that. I remember when I first started on my journey on hearing God, I people came to me and they said, but interpret my dream and do this and do that and I thought, oh my word, how am I going to do this stuff because I don't know. So I bought dream books and color books and numbers books and I studied everything that I could study about colors and I, and, I, and I thought in my heart that I could mechanically build this picture but it just didn't work and then one day the Holy Spirit said to me Ukert, I love that you took all the information but you have to get interpretation from me so now, so then He taught me to wait for Him. Somebody gives me a dream, I wait wait days sometimes. And then suddenly, He gives me an interpretation. But now, there's so much information there. I have access, I, I, the colors, the numbers, everything. So the Holy Spirit can communicate so much to me out of a single picture that He shows me because of the information that I put in there. But the information is comes from a place of purity, comes from a place of, yeah. So I hope that helps you guys. And like I said, the invitation from heaven in this season is, is God is the same invitation that you're extending to him by inviting him. He is also saying, well, I'm inviting you as well. I'm inviting you as well. You have to have faith for the place that you can sit on the lap of God. You have to have faith for the place that you are truly seated in heavenly places. You have to have faith for that. Uh, we cannot say that we it's impossible for us to get to heaven. Why would God have us pray a prayer that says as it is in heaven, so let it be on earth, if it was impossible for us to know what is in heaven? Why would He say to us, you are seated in heavenly places, if it's impossible for us to hear what He wants to do in a certain situation? And remember, I've said a lot of prophetic things now, but God wants me to tell you in this moment that it's actually simple. It's sometimes not profound things, it's simple things. It's sometimes a simple practical adjustment, a small little thing that you need to do or adjust or implement because the moment you implement that small little thing, the supernatural part comes upon it. Sometimes we will, we, we, we will, we will want things from God. I remember the one guy, I'm going to just give this testimony as well. He came to me. He was in dire straits. Now, I'm a, a lawyer, so I have to give this guy legal advice. He's in a situation where his farm has been written up by the bank. He owes a lot of money. Everything has been taken that can be taken. He doesn't have any more arrangements that he can make. There's no extra debt that he can make. He, he, there's no other plan. This farm is on auction, and he's going li- to lose it, and that's the farm that the lord gave him and he knows he he has to be on that farm and he sits with me and i give him all the legal things and then we get to the place where i say to him but listen i'm also a son of god so we're going to trust god also for wisdom and we start praying for him and um, while i'm praying it's like i i hear something in my heart and i say to him do you not have another property and he looks at me and he says, Yes, years ago when I lived in Joburg, I have a property there, but it's in a very bad area. The house is totally destroyed. Uh, the property is worth—it's possibly worth nothing. You know, it's just, it's there. It's in fact, he says, in fact, that property is becoming a liability because he's going to have to do something with it and he doesn't know what to do with it. They put it in the market and it didn't sell and nothing is happening there. So I said to him, okay, let's pray. Let's trust God. So what do we need now? Now now we had a word of knowledge. So now we need a miracle. (laughs) We need a miracle. And I said to him, okay, let's just pray for God. And say, Lord, you know, um, there's there's, there's this property. And um, we prayed and he drove off. And 10 minutes later, he phones me. And he's crying. And he said to me, okay, when I got into the car, my phone rang, and it was ADT Security phoning from Joburg, saying that they want to open a security office in that area. And they've been driving past this place and seeing this nothing happening here. Uh, found out that this is my house, and they say but they want to offer me. And they offer him, make him an offer, not just what he owes the bank, but a few hundred thousand over that. <laughs> so It's practical, people. It's practical. You know how many people you see in the hospital and you see this person has got a kidney problem. He he doesn't need just healing. He needs a creative miracle. He needs a new kidney. Some people need new hearts. Some people need new limbs. And God said to me that this going forward now, we've got to seriously contend for the creative miracles and the things to come but he wants us to be focused and intentional about focusing our attention on him so that the pictures and the information and everything that the Holy Spirit has to work with inside of you is holy and is purified and is set apart so that it can be used to build a structure that only God can build through us. I remember when I asked God one time, I said to God, God, who am I for you? And he said to me me a lot of things. And he said to me, Okert, you're part of a generation of people that I'm calling. And he gave me a word, a Hebrew word. I didn't know what it meant. Levi is the word. And I said, what? And I went and I looked up, what does Levi mean? And I saw it was a Hebrew name. And the meaning of that name is his heart. And he said to me, I'm calling sons and daughters of my very own heart. And... If you go and numerically write the name Levi in, in, um, in numbers, it writes as follow. Twelve, which God said to me is my perfect governmental authority. Nine, the fullness of the fruit of my spirit. Two, which is double and sonship, meaning you're my son. And another nine, which closes his off for completeness and perfection, for the gifts of the Spirit. So when you pick up the heart of God for a situation or a person, the word that you release out of that place carries the full weight and authority of heaven and all the resources that it's required to accomplish that word. So the most powerful, prophetic thing that you can do, is to connect yourself with the heart of God. Because that's his very creative part. That's his very creative substance. And if you can connect with his heart for a person, for a circumstance or a situation, whatever you pray and see out of that place, it's done. Because it's the heart of God. Then it becomes prophetic. Then it's not a show or a word of this, a word of that then it is the very creative substance of God inviting people's life. That is how intentional God is with you. He wants you to realize this morning that everything about you is prophetic. He wants you to realize that the life that you live, the very life that you live, is a prophetic picture of Him. Corporately, individually. And He's told me this morning is intentional. About activating what is inside of you. He wants what He wants to give birth to what is on the inside of you. The gifts, the callings, the talents, the dreams, the visions that is put inside of you. That is how he wants to build the church in the end time. Not through some one visionary and doing only that thing. He wants to give birth to the dreams and visions that is put in the hearts of each individual believer. Now, once that happens, we see the fullness of the church. That is the place we buy him for him and through him everything. He fills everything with himself. He cannot do it through one man. He cannot do it through one vision. That is too one-dimensional. The place where, he, where you allow him to co-create with you and give birth to everything that is put inside of you is the place where we see the manifold wisdom of God being made known to the world in where the church truly becomes the fixed abode wherein all his fullness dwells. He's looking for a landing place. <laughs> he's looking for a landing place this morning. And he's told me that, could connect him to me, to the source correctly, be correctly connected to the source, know where creativity flows from, know who the creator is, know that he has called you to partner and co-create with him, know that the way that he does that is through a renewed mind, a sanctified mind the transformed mind listen to this I'm going to repeat the sentence again. The sanctified imagination is the womb that gives birth to the heart of God. The transformed mind gives the right language and practical application to you, the prophetic person. And by that, the prophetic becomes the tool that brings heaven to earth. So he's got a tool that he wants to use to bring heaven to earth. And it's the prophetic. Prophetic. But it's not just the prophetic as we know it. There's deeper, There's a deeper level. There's something more. But it's more simple actually. But it's more profound. Because He wants your whole life. There's difference for me standing here and giving people words. But if I can today activate you to start living out what I know God is showing me is on the inside of you. Then suddenly this whole Church becomes a prophecy. Then this whole church becomes a love letter to God. Then this whole church becomes a living epistle on which Jesus can write and which people can read and see. This is the new of God. This is the love of God. Manifested through the lives of each individual person. Are you willing to be a landing place for, for Him? Are you willing to, to say, Lord, I, I may not have a lot, but I see there were people in the Old Testament that you gave abilities to. So maybe, maybe once you tap into this thing, you're going to discover that there's abilities that you have that you didn't know of. Maybe God's going to give you things, and maybe the picture that you see for yourself is so big that you think, but how can I do this? I think for Moses it was also but then he showed to Moses, no, I've given the abilities to other people. You just see the picture. And then corporately we become a team, individually and corporately. And each one gets into position. And we become a Jolto army. The Jolto army that is every person in his place, every person doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's coming back for a spotless bride. What does that mean? If you look in the spirit and you see spots, then it means in the spirit something is missing. So if there's spots on the bride, then it means there's still people that need to fill those places. If there's wrinkles, it means something is out of place. We have to put everybody in place so that the bride can be complete and without wrinkle. So we need an end time harvest for which God is positioning us and we need to be positioned for that. Because God wants a landing place. When He comes back, He's going to put His foot in places that He wants to be with. He's going to come to His own. And that is you and me. And we get the opportunity to partner with it. And the reason why we have to be positioned is because there's a lot of people coming into the kingdom. There's a lot of things that are going to happen in the world that are going to position the church to be the answer to be the place of refuge, to be the place of harbor, to be the place of protection, to be the place that can help, to be the place that can provide. And that's going to be a place where God can use us in these times to be positioned to collect the harvest. So this is not a time to just run and do the things that we did in the past. This is the time to reconnect, sit and listen And I think um, Yaku also said it. We need to hear what we need to do now. There's not a person in America or here or there that's going to hear what we need to do here now. We need to get to the Lord in this place that I explained to you today and say, Lord, what do we need to build for you? What do we need to do? How do we position ourselves? And I promise you it's not a difficult thing. Don't think it's a responsibility that this is weighty. It's weighty, but it's precious. It's awesome. He's going to give you the plans. He's going to give you the pictures. He's going to give you the ability. He's going to connect you to the right people. He just wants us to get into this flow. So it's a flow that he wants to activate today. And when I prayed for Bruce, I think Friday, I saw this word, new stream, new flow. Everything in the Lord, every gift, and specifically the prophetic, is a flow. Flow and once you tap into the flow, that's why it says a river. Once you get into the flow, everything is going to accelerate. So today, I'm intentional about praying for you to be activated, to be open for this flow to be activated in you, and for you to be connected, and for this kingdom resource that you are to come alive. So I'm at the end of my message, and I, I kept everything open because I'm trusting that the people of God will come this morning to the altar of God and allow Him to, to, to touch you. Um, there's something that happens. I'm going to pray a prayer of activation, but there's something that happens, you know, um, when, you, when you touch people. When you become a channel of God. And and, and we just allow him to activate something in you. We just allow him to impart something in you. So I want to loosen a flow in you today. I want to activate you. And I want to get you to the place where you are connected to the creative flow that God has for you in this season. Um, That's what I trust the Holy Spirit for. For each one of you this morning. That something fresh will start flowing in you out of you, through you, for His glory. Amen. Amen. Did you guys get something? I knew I came from a different angle. I had to come in from a... I could not come and teach on the prophetic again as it was already taught to you guys. You already had... So I came from a different angle. And it may be a very simple angle, but it's actually very profound because God wants to connect you to Him and to his creative flow in the season. I'm going to pray, and then those that want me to physically pray for them, lay hands on them, come to the front. I'm not going to keep you long. We're going to lay hands on you, and we're going to just trust God to activate that prophetic flow that is in you. And uh, there's also going to be another team of, Ethan will be here, Rumbi will be here, Um, I think who is all the people that I said Larry will be here Uh, that's also going to be at hand to give words to you to pray and encourage you further but my primary role is going to be to activate you Um, if I come around a second time I'll possibly give words to the people but today I just want to be that that activator from heaven that says God I want to lay my hands on your people and trust that you will activate them, that you will impart what they need to receive today and that they will get their new flow. Amen. So thank you, Lord, for this meeting. Thank you for your precious people. Thank you, Lord, that um, that none of the words that were spoken today will fall to the ground and that these people will have a knowledge going forward and a knowing in their hearts that they are your very prophetic people. They were made in your very image and in your very likeness. And that everything about them was designed to, to, to bring glory to your name. And that their lives were planned out by you in eternity to bring forth the manifestation of your kingdom and the sons of God in this time. Because we hear that scripture so many times. The whole creation is waiting so the whole creation is waiting for you to step into your true identity, the fullness of who you are. And when you connect with the very creative flow of your Father and your King Jesus, and where you deliberately start building heaven on earth like it's never seen before. So thank you, Lord Jesus. I just release an anointing for, for, for specifically for the people that, that are the sound of my voice, people that are watching that people will be activated in this moment, that people will receive impartation in this moment, that the gifts that are in them will be activated, Lord, and that you will practically give them um, means to implement. So I call for an activation this morning of your people. I call for an activation of the gifts. And I call for a connection to your prophetic, creative flow for each of them, in their individual circumstances, and in Holy Spirit, that you will give them the ability to access and implement the prophetic in their lifestyles, and in their daily lives, and in everything that they do, in profound, but also in simple ways. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that before you sits the new inventors, the new problem solvers, the builders of your kingdom on this earth. I bless them today, And I pray, Lord Jesus, that as you activate them, that all of the resources of heaven and earth is released on their behalf to accomplish what needs to be accomplished in them, around them, and through them. In Jesus' name, go in the blessing of the Lord. And yeah, amen. Well, I trust that message blessed you. Please feel free to contact us for any prayer requests or feedback. We would love to connect with you. You can follow the Word Church Kimberly on any social media platform and become a part of our online community. Be blessed.